Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide from my flagship studio, WSB in Atlanta, Georgia, where I actually am in the studio for once. The phone number, if you'd like to be a part of this program, 877-973-7425. Yesterday, at the end of the program, I brought up uh, an op-ed in the Washington Examiner uh, by former Georgia Senator Kelly Loeffler about the Pelosi stock trading matter. Uh, if you will recall, uh, back during the pandemic, the left pounced on a report, um, a, a financial disclosure from Senator Leffler about uh, stock trading that happened during COVID. And the allegations were that she was attempting to trade through insider knowledge of the pandemic. In fact, uh, she probably more than any other person, given her background in, in finance uh, knows about uh, insider trading and the do's and don'ts and what you can and can't do and had made sure that she was not doing what she shouldn't have been doing. It didn't stop the left from making the allegations. Meanwhile, the Pelosi's are outperforming not just the market, but the professional Wall Street investment advisors. And the trading is actually being done not by an outside entity on behalf of the family, but it appears that Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, is making the trades and apparently is a financial wizard uh, surpassing the genius of Warren Buffett when it comes to being able to pick hot stocks. It's very interesting. The Democratic solution is not to investigate, but to just pass a law to prohibit him from being able to do it. Senator Leffler's op-ed uh, was in favor of there probably needs to be investigation. If you were going to investigate me and it turned out to be nothing – why don't you investigate him and at least see if there's anything there? Joining me to talk about this would be Senator Leffler. Welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you, Eric. I'm great. Great to be with y'all. Now, I, I, I hope I summarized that that well because, I, I mean, they came after you and, and it was looked at, it was dismissed, and yet they don't even want to look at this Paul Pelosi situation. Well, you nailed it, Eric. Um, and this isn't about me. I wrote the op-ed to draw a focus toward accountability. And and that's what Georgians, that's what all Americans want, is accountability in Washington, that the rules apply to everyone equally, regardless of your political party, regardless of your proximity to power, who you're married to, what your bank account says. Um, these rules require transparency. And she's really avoided that. In fact, kind of laughed in the face of those requests she called it, you know, free markets. Everyone should be able to participate in free markets. Well, if you're not breaking the law within free markets, then let's step up and open the books. And Americans want to know why there's a double standard. And they sense that it's there. And I suggested in the op-ed, the easiest way to show that our laws have the force of the government behind them is to investigate everyone equally, which sure didn't happen in 2020 amid these kind of wide ranging allegations, which were only against Republicans. There, there was at least one Democrat, but they never investigated that Senator. And so I speak for all Americans when I say we just want the laws to be fair. We don't need more laws. We need to uphold the ones we have. Yeah. I, I always thought that was very interesting. It, it was as if, the Republicans operated in a vacuum and all the Democrats uh, who, who did the same thing were given a pass. Now, there's a larger issue here is is trusted institutions. I, I know you're aware of this, having campaigned around the state in the past. That people just increasingly 
do not trust the institutions of government, and stuff like this is one of the reasons why. Absolutely. I mean, it started with understanding that there's an extreme bias in the media, a liberal bias. And we all know as conservatives, we're pushing against that every day. And, and that has spread to social media. In fact, social media, Twitter, has suspended the Nancy Pelosi portfolio tracker account on Twitter. So you can't even follow a portfolio that tracks her holdings on Twitter because Twitter has canceled that. But it doesn't stop at social media. It goes on to corporations who have partnered with the left. And now it's in education. It's in entertainment and sports. And so that's why I'm so excited about the work I'm doing, which is to say what really matters is that each one of us step up and stay involved to do this work of not just holding people accountable every single day, but by voting and turning out at the ballot box, because that's how we're going to overcome this. Well, and let's talk about that for a minute. If people in Georgia uh, want to get involved, uh, what do they need to do to uh, partner with you and your organization to stay involved there on the ground? We're going to have some major races with national implications. Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the country is at a crossroads, and that crossroads intersects right here on the red clay of, of Georgia. And Georgia can help flip the House and the Senate. And, um, you know, just putting my chair, chairwoman hat on, I'm the chair of Greater Georgia. We're a mobilization effort for conservatives, um, whether you're unregistered, disengaged, a low propensity voter, maybe you haven't voted in a cycle or two, or you feel disenfranchised because of what happened in 2020. We are on the ground making sure that we are holding our officials accountable for fair, trusted elections. We can never let what happened in 2020 happen again. We can't be out-organized, out-raised, out-maneuvered by the left. And it takes that infrastructure on the ground, and that's what I'm building every day here in Georgia. And you can learn more uh, at greatergeorgia.com. Just sign up, uh, get involved, uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and we are going to hold people accountable. That's our mission, and we're going to make sure that we keep this a red state. It's it's nice that uh, focusing on the future and, and building things up where, where so often it seems like people want to cling to the past and and in the future on this particular issue with, with Pelosi and the stock trades, uh, I, I know there's legislation. Uh, in fact, well, one of Georgia senators, John Ossoff, apparently is one of the co-sponsors of it to ban – uh, members of Congress and their immediate families from trading stock, but it, it is that all we need to do here? I mean, in this I guess gets back to investigating. But is 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 it as simple as saying you and your immediate family can't buy stock? Because I don't. I'm sure they'll find a loophole around that. Well, I haven't looked at the legislation, but I've looked at the tactic that Ossoff is using, and it's extremely, extremely swampy. I mean, think about what he's proposing is to introduce new legislation rather than use existing legislation, the law that says insider trading is a federal crime, and those investigations are already required under existing law. So if he had any care about accountability and transparency and shining a light on what's going on for the American people to regain trust in our government, he would be doing that. But he's trying to wave his arms. Lots of hand-waving sometimes distracts people from the real issue at hand. And that's, we need to know what Nancy Pelosi has done in her portfolio. 
Amen to that. Listen, it's always great to talk to you, and I appreciate you highlighting this issue and, and reminding people that there are existing laws. We don't need new ones. Isn't it kind of funny? I mean, you saw this in your time in Washington where everybody always, we, we've got like 50 bound volumes in the U.S. Code, and everyone's like, oh, let, let's just add more laws to them as opposed to enforcing the existing ones. <laughs> Absolutely. And the American people deserve much better. You know, look at what's going on in this country right now. And I think that's the approval polls right now, or I should call them the disapproval polls for Biden is, you know, only 39 percent of Americans approve and 71 percent of Georgians say it's going in the wrong direction because no one's holding the law in the proper regard. I mean, crime, we're, we're burying two police officers in this country today. And the White House is laughing at the idea that crime is out of control. So this is what's exciting about looking forward. Elections are about the future and holding these people accountable. Amen to that. Senator, it's always good to talk to you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Eric. Bye-bye. Thank you. Senator Kelly Leffler from Georgia, uh, and it, it is nice. She is laying groundwork in Georgia. They've done some trial runs in special elections to try to make sure that the GOP can can do what Stacey Abrams has been doing in terms of organization. Now, here's the funny thing about that. And this let, – let's, let's step out of just Georgia and look at this nationwide. In the mid-'90s – there was this thing called the Republican Revolution led by Newt Gingrich. And Republicans began to sweep the nation, and it was in large part a reaction to Bill Clinton's character. Southern Democrats were ashamed and embarrassed by Bill Clinton. They did not like that liberals in the Clinton administration, where he had uh, tried to portray himself as a moderate Democrat, were pushing him to the left. And they became Republicans. And in the 1990s, Bill Clinton saw a mass exodus of people from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party. It was a pretty powerful thing. Now, one of the downsides of that is I have long argued that, and you got to follow along with me here, Bill Clinton was a deeply destructive force to the conservative movement by being a terrible Democrat. Here's my thinking on this. When Bill Clinton was president, so many Democrats became Republican. There were thousands nationwide who flipped to the Republican Party. It began the spiral of momentum that flipped the entire South over the next decade, ending up in Georgia, flipping everything uh, to the GOP. And so the conservative movement no longer had to reach across the aisle and then build bipartisan consensus on conservative ideas. All the conservatives were now Republicans. And as a result, conservatives lost the skill set of building bipartisan coalitions. They didn't have to anymore. They lost the skill of talking to the other side. It's a useful skill whether or not you can get votes there or not. Well, now fast forward. The Republican flip became so momentous in states like Georgia – and North Carolina, and Florida, and Texas. The Republicans stopped doing the ground game organization and mobilization needed to keep dominance. Under Jeb Bush in Florida, the Florida Republicans realized we got to fight on our hands. We got to do this. And they started again becoming a, a force to be reckoned with. In Texas, 
the GOP uh, under its last chairman understood it under the new chairman. I think uh, after the, the Allen West nonsense, they're, they're rebuilding. In Georgia, the Georgia Republican Party used to do targeted voting, get out the door, and maintain a sustained presence. And then, I mean, they were so dominant, they just kind of stopped. And the Democrats began to do it. And the Democrats have been doing the door-to-door seen to be seen, showing up in non-election years to be involved and signal to people that we're not just here for your vote, we're here for a relationship. And it's the Abrams campaign did this. And so along comes Senator Kelly Leffler and her group, Greater Georgia, and they've started doing this now, showing up in non-election years to organize, to introduce themselves, to, to show people they care, to be involved, and the Abrams campaign is just spitting mad. And all the Abrams people did. When she wrote in the New York Times, when Stacey Abrams wrote in the New York Times, this is how Democrats nationwide can take back America. And we are like, oh, this is genius. And I was reading it. It's like, this is what the Republican Party was doing in the 90s and the early 2000s. All she's done is copy what we used to do and no longer do. And it's worked for her. And the sooner Republicans remember that they actually have to show up and be seen, and stay on the ground, even in non-election years, they'll do well. It's like the Republicans, they, they put together these uh, community centers in black and Latino Hispanic neighborhoods around the country. Got a couple here in Georgia. And people can come in, they can do their homework, they can work on job applications, there are people there to help them. They can It's a job connection board. I will believe they're truly committed to this if they're still there next year. After the election is over, if they close up shop and disappear, it'll be, we only care about your votes. We don't care about you. And some of these people aren't going to vote for you if you don't care about them, if you only care about their vote. You got to feed souls and nourish souls and build relationships with people, not just ask them for their vote. And if they, if they want to pack up and leave, hand them over to a church. Let the church take the infrastructure and maintain the community center and still have a relationship there. I think it's necessary. This showing up right before the election, smiling real big, say, hey, can I help you move? Will you vote for me? People realize you're an opportunist and people do not like opportunists. I want to cut corners and just get to the chase. A lot of you hear podcast ads and radio ads for Bull and Branch, and you're thinking, eh, they're just telling you it because they're getting paid. I'm actually telling you it because I'm a customer. We actually have Bull and Branch sheets, and yes, they are an ad. Yes, this is an ad, but yes, I really am a customer. I only like to do ads for companies that I really like, and I love Bull and Branch. So does my wife. My wife actually heard the ads, and she wanted to try the sheets, and now they are the sheets in our house. Bull and Branch does not cut corners. They make super soft, wonderful sheets. They use the softest organic cotton they can find. They get better with every wash. They soften and soften and soften, and they only use 100% sustainable raw materials. They're the first fair trade certified manufacturer of linen. You can feel as good about your Bull and Branch sheets as they feel against your skin. They are so soft. They don't get too hot. They don't get too cold. They're just great, and every wash improves them. That, I'm telling you, is one of the coolest things about these sheets. It's like sleeping on a new bed every time you wash the sheets. It's great. Now, you can experience the best sheets you've ever felt at bowlandbranch.com. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code ERIC at checkout. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L. 
A-N-D-Branch.com, promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. The phone number here, 877-973-7425. Let me go to the phones to James. You're going to be up next. Welcome to the program, James. Uh, Eric. Yes, sir. James? Hello, Eric. I'm here. I I can hear you, James. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, I can now. Um, it was interesting. You were talking about Brady retiring and people knowing when to retire. And then you were talking to Kelly Leffler about uh, um, Pelosi's dealings. My question for you was, uh, you know, everyone was so shocked when Pelosi announced that she was going to run again. And you've been hearing the stories about her son, Paul Jr. He's been investigated, you know, in five or six cases of investments and bribery and that type of thing. Um, do you think maybe Pelosi's just running so she can keep Paul Jr. from being Bubba's girlfriend? <laughs> uh, no. I, I, and for those who don't know what uh, James is talking about, because it, it re- gets remarkably little attention, is uh, Nancy Pelosi's son is uh, been linked to some companies that are being probed by the FBI. He's 52 years old, Paul Pelosi Jr., the only son. Uh, Nancy and Paul Pelosi have a number of daughters and one son, and he was hired by several firms subject to federal and state probes and has connections to a host of fraudsters, rule breakers, and convicted criminals although he's never been charged himself, and the government is looking into him. By the way, uh, the New York Times is doing a deep-dive investigation into Hunter Biden, of all things. Yes, the White House is apparently furious and has refused to give interviews to the New York Times as a result. And now you've got the the Pelosi situation with Paul Jr. and Paul Sr. making those deals. Uh, Here's why Pelosi isn't retiring, in all honesty— I, I no one has confirmed this for me, but I am led to believe this is true. And I, interestingly enough, I, I was I, the first person I know of to have speculated on it, and people are saying, "Yep, that has a lot to do with it." If Nancy Pelosi were to retire, she would be number thirty. Pelosi was set to announce her retirement, and then uh, Jim Cooper from Tennessee announced his, and that puts him. As number 29, if Pelosi were to go, she would be number 30. And the headline is uh, 30 Democrats before that. There were 35 total in 2010 who retired. And you didn't get those until the middle of the year. There'd be 30 already before January ended. And so Pelosi couldn't retire. She's got to stick around. She's the only one who can keep the party from going to civil war in the House of Representatives as well. So she's got to. Now, I I, got to tell you something. Um, um, uh, well, first of all, there's, there is some breaking news here. Breaking news. Uh, Milltown Mel has died suddenly. The day before his big day, New Jersey has its own weather predicting groundhog. Milltown Mel has died suddenly. No word on if it was a stray bullet out of Newark, uh, but Milltown Mel has died uh, can't tell us what the weather's going to be. We'll have to rely on Punxsutawney Phil or or Beauregard, the, the 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 one down in Georgia. But this also apparently happened last night. This is making waves. Have you have you come to understand that the Nazis saw it as race? 
well, because they might like well, asking the Nazis, they would say, yes, it's a racial issue. Well, see, this is what's interesting to me because the Nazis lied. It wasn't. They they had issues with ethnicity. Not with race, because most of the Nazis were white people, and most of the people they were attacking were white people. So to me, I'm thinking, how can you, how can you say it's about race if you are fighting each other? So it all really began because I said, how will children, how will we explain to children what happened in Nazi Germany? This wasn't, I said, this wasn't racial. This was about white on white. And everybody said, no, 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 it was racial. And so that's what this all came from. So once again, don't write me anymore. I know how you feel. Okay, I already know. I get it. And uh, I'm going to take your word for it. That's Whoopi Goldberg trying to do damage control on the Stephen Colbert show. After Whoopi Goldberg herself on television said that uh, the Nazis were not engaged in racism. The problem here is what Goldberg is doing, and you've you gotta you gotta follow along here, is presentism. Presentism is the problem where you Look at something from the past in the present lens and therefore can't understand it. Uh, in the 1940s, Jews were not an ethnicity of people. They were a race of people, the Jewish race. They still should be the Jewish race of people. But we now look at people of skin color and divide people of common skin color into ethnicity you are uh, European, you are Jewish, you are um, you're, you're a black Latino, you're a white Latino. We divide among ethnicity and, and race, but for her to say this is to vastly, vastly get wrong what the Nazis themselves saw. And it wasn't a matter of the Nazis lying. It's a matter of the Nazis viewing not people divided by ethnicity but of race. They the Jews were of a different race than the Europeans. You could say you would say today of a different ethnicity, but they were a different race of people. It wasn't that the Nazis were lying, it was the language of the day and it was dividing people by their race of mankind. And she doesn't seem to understand the dangers there of trying to say it was white-on-white violence. No, it was not white-on-white violence. The Nazis otherized the Jews to say they were a different race of people. Now, this is how it happened on The View. Well, also, if you're going to do this, then let's be truthful about it because the Holocaust isn't about race. No, no, it's well, not about maybe race. It is. Yeah. No, it's Jews about a different race, but it's it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's not about and, ideal and race. It's it's not, but these are two Roma. white groups of people. Well, they how do we have to black people see too. them as white people? And they, but you're missing the point. You're yeah. missing the point. Yeah. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. Uh, her trying to avoid dealing with the, you know, there, there was an educated point here she could have made, but I guess she's not smart enough to make it. 
that the Nazis otherized Jewish people as a different race of people. And by the way, it's what the critical theorists are trying to do today. They're trying to otherize us in the categories of intersectionality. They're trying to say that if you are uh, this characteristic and this characteristic and this characteristic and this characteristic, well, you are really oppressed, even though you don't know it. And this is this is not a good spin from Whoopi Goldberg. Say, actually, it was white on white violence. No. No, they looked at the Jews as a completely different people. In the same way white supremacists look at black people as a completely different people, as a not quite full person in some cases, that white supremacists would, the Nazis looked on the Jews in that way, and she doesn't understand that. And the media is obsessed with Joe Rogan. The media is obsessed with Joe Rogan. The media is convinced Joe Rogan is selling uh, mistruths, half-truths, and disinformation. Here is Whoopi Goldberg selling disinformation and misinformation and, and her own lies. And by the way, she doesn't know she's lying. She believes it's true. That's profound and deeply disturbing that the media wants to go after Joe Rogan and not Whoopi Goldberg. They're they're playing favorites here. What's more dangerous? What's more dangerous? Joe Rogan having on a multifaceted group of people for multi-hour interviews where they disagree and he's asking all of them questions or Whoopi Goldberg out there minimizing or, or deflecting from the way the Nazis view the world, claiming the Nazis were telling a lie. No, the whole world at the time viewed the Jews as a different race. Europeans viewed the Jews as not European, but Jewish. They viewed it as a race. And because of that, the Nazis were able to otherize them and try to eliminate them. Did you know there are fewer Jews on planet Earth now than in 1938? There are fewer Jews on planet Earth now than in 1938. The population has never recovered from the Holocaust, where the Nazis blamed Jews for their problems and rounded them up and systematically attempted to exterminate them. And even today, there are people who deny that that happened. And even today, there are people today who would deny the reason why the Nazis did it. Oh, it was just white-on-white violence, and the Nazis had the weapons and the Jews didn't. No, no, that's not it at all. We're only a few days removed from Holocaust Remembrance Day. And, you know, the other lie the media is, is telling is about that mouse book. You know, I, I never read the mouse book when I was a kid, and I got a proficient understanding of what the Holocaust was. You don't have to have that book. You know why they decided to get rid of the book? It wasn't banned by a local school board in McMinn County, Tennessee. Not McMinnville, as I said the other day, McMinn County, Tennessee, near Chattanooga. Do you know why it was was taken out of the curriculum for the eighth grade? Because it was eighth grade. The book has a lot of graphic depictions of violence and nudity in it, even though it's mice. It was pretty clear what was going on here. 
and the school thought it wasn't appropriate for their eighth graders. They didn't ban the book. You can get it in the library. They just aren't going to teach it out of that book anymore. They're going to use a different book. And God forbid you should think that the people of Mackman County, Tennessee, should have your standard for what is appropriate to teach an eighth grader about sex and violence. They're teaching the Holocaust. To say otherwise is as gross a distortion of what Nancy or what Whoopi Goldberg is doing on television. And, and now this gets me back to that clip. That clip from Brian Stelter on CNN. This is the clip I played earlier. You're going to hear Joe Rogan's voice the narrative first. narrative is. I want to show all kinds of opinions. Which sounds great, but not all opinions are created equal. You think about major newsrooms like CNN that have health departments and deaths and operations that work hard on verifying information on COVID-19. And then you have talk show stars like Joe Rogan who just wing it, who make it up as they go along. And because figures like Rogan are trusted by people that don't trust real newsrooms, we have a tension, a problem that's much bigger than Spotify, much bigger than any single platform, Kate. But that's what is the heart of this right now. They will spend more an inordinate way more attention on Joe Rogan's supposed outrages than they will Whoopi Goldberg factually distorting what the Holocaust was about and trying to to address it in a level of presentism that minimized it. Oh, it was just white on white crime, white on white violence. It wasn't white on white violence in the views of those who lived it. Joe Rogan has not killed a single person that I know of and killed a single person. But the media would say he has caused the deaths of others by allowing voices on his show who are skeptics of the extent of how bad COVID is, the, the vaccine, on and on it goes. Will they take on Whoopi Goldberg for minimizing what the Holocaust actually was, the extermination of a race of people, to treat it as, oh, it was just white on white violence. The Nazis were liars. They they said it was about race, but they weren't. They will give her a pass because she is one of them, one of the right-thinking elite. She thinks what they think. She shares their views in politics. Therefore, they will give her a pass. She's not a competitive threat to the media industry. She is of the media industry in ABC News. Joe Rogan is not of the media industry these days. He is a podcaster on Spotify who gets more listens than your average CNN TV show, let alone podcast. So he'll be forgiven. Brian Stelter won't take on how Stephen Colbert refused to correct Whoopi Goldberg. Rather, maybe he will praise Stephen Colbert for allowing Whoopi Goldberg to come on and clarify what she meant, ignoring that her clarification was itself a screw-up, a distortion, something she got wrong. You can't trust the media these days. But I have to say, to the credit of one person at CNN, Jake Tapper, who uh, does the lead— on CNN, has decided to do a series of reports on CNN that are actually, they are brave. And I'll explain why they're brave. 
They are reports on what's going on in China. And ahead of the start of the Beijing Winter Olympics later this week, it officially kicks off Friday, we're going to start a new series here at The Lead. It's called Behind China's Wall. Because behind the fanfare and the glamour of the upcoming Olympic Games are a lot of ugly truths that the Chinese government wants you to ignore. CNN's David Culver sets the scene for us with a look at some of the horrors President Xi wants you to forget about while you're cheering on your favorite athletes this week. Beijing counting down to the Winter Games, its second Olympics taking place amidst frigid geopolitical tensions and a raging pandemic. This is the largest regularly scheduled peacetime gathering of the world, and yet there can be no gathering. What's likely to be lost in these games is the fact that sporting events are taking place. That's because in the years leading up, China has faced growing outside pressures. And domestically, its zero-COVID policy is proving increasingly difficult to stick to. Beijing. Seven years ago, Beijing won the 2022 Olympic bid, the first city to host both a summer and winter games. But the buildup came as China's relations with the West rapidly fell apart. Under an increasingly powerful supreme ruler, Xi Jinping, China is on a drastically different path from what the West had hoped. Cooperation replaced by confrontation on multiple fronts, from a trade war to threats of an actual war in the South China Sea. In Hong Kong, Beijing quickly squashed pro-democracy protests, and it is now mounting pressure on Taiwan, pushing for the self-governing democracy to fall under Beijing's control. Then there are the widespread allegations of human rights abuses. CNN's traveled to the far western region of Xinjiang. It's here the U.S. and other countries accuse China of committing genocide against its ethnic Uyghur population. China has repeatedly denied that it's detained and tortured the Muslim minority and calls the accusations politically motivated lies. And they go on from there. Well done to CNN for doing this. Why is it brave? Because CNN is owned by Warner. And Warner Brothers Pictures can be denied access to the Chinese film market, among other things, to harm Warner financially because CNN dared to speak up and tell the truth of what's going on. Good for them for not being so concerned about the profit motive that they refuse to tell the truth. Good for Jake Tapper. Y'all, I want to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm before I, I head into break. It is an air purifier that cleans your air. It doesn't mask the odors. It actually works. It works very well. It also gets rid of the bacteria, the mold, the pollen, the dust that's floating around, and it's filterless, so you don't have to buy a subscription and keep putting new filters in your air purifier. You just wipe it out on occasion. It really does work. I take one when I travel. Hotel rooms, cars, you never know if someone is smoking. It eliminates tobacco odor, pet odors, things like that. You can get three of them right now at EdenPureDeals.com. Eden EdenPureDeals.com. Click on my name, Eric Erickson, and you'll see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. Put it in your cart. At checkout, there's a uh, discount box, and you put in Eric3, E-R-I-C-K and the number 3, Eric3. Click apply. You will get $200 off. You will get all three of them for less than $200, and you'll get free shipping from EdenPureDeals.com. It's the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. One for your upstairs, one for your downstairs, one for your basement or your car, your RV. It eliminates odors, gets rid of the mildew, the bacteria, the dust, the pollen. It's filterless, and it works. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code, again, is ERIC3. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. If you would like to be on this here program, well, 
we knew it was only a matter of time before this happened. Here's the headline of the day. Sexual harassment in the metaverse? Woman alleges rape in virtual world. A woman in the United Kingdom wrote in a December Medium blog post. Medium is a website where anyone can go write stuff. That she was sexually harassed and raped in the virtual game Horizon Worlds, developed by Meta, formerly known as Facebook, in the post. She details watching her avatar get raped by a handful of male avatars who took photos and sent her comments like, don't pretend you didn't love it. The woman is vice president of Metaverse Research for Kabuni Ventures, an immersive technology company. Meta released Horizon Worlds to everyone 18 years and older in the United States and Canada on December 9th after an invite-only beta test a year ago. It features thousands of virtual worlds by creators as free to download for all, but Meta plans to monetize the environment. All right. um, Can I be honest with you? I'm thinking someone decided they wanted to do an alarmist piece here. And, you know, it's easy to exit the game. I have an Oculus. You can get out of the game. You can go somewhere else. You you don't have to stand there and watch. You, you don't you don't have to be there, um, and and you can flag users for abuse. And instead, we have someone who is is part of the research of the metaverse for a firm saying I, I was I was digitally somehow raped. I, I don't want to make light of rape, but in this case, it seems the situation is is not what it, it what meets the eye and what is claimed particularly when you can get out of the game really easy with the touch of a button. But we got to have people these days who try to be outraged about stuff, and here we are. It's 2022, and guess what? Nothing still makes sense. The whole world seems to be going crazy right now, and banks have gotten really skittish at helping small businesses. They're perfectly happy to help the giant businesses, but what about you? You're a small business. you got to buy a building or build a building, or you need a big loan for a fleet of vehicles to grow your business, and the banks are giving you a hard time. Check out my friends at First Liberty Building and Loan. They can help you nationwide, wherever you are, if you're a small business and you need access to loans, let's say 500000 and up, First Liberty can do it. They've been doing this since the early 90s. The Frost family are friends of mine. They're committed Christians and they're great business people and they are committed to small businesses. Reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. FirstLibertyGA.com. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for you. See if you're a good fit for them. They want to help you get to yes where the big banks are saying no. Nationwide, they can help you if you're a small business. FirstLibertyGA.com is the website. FirstLibertyGA.com. 